Dad, did you wash my jersey? Mom, can you sign this paper? It's for school. Is there anything else to eat? So, what's this fundraiser for? Ooh, can we stop at the library? So, when's our next Disney trip? Hey, Dad, can I ride with you? Did you record the soccer game? We are not getting a cat. The laundry is still out of control. Welcome to the Victory Catch Podcast with Rick and Julie Randa, Season 2. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I am Rick Rando. And we are your, hopefully, favorite host of a podcast that sits on a couch. (laughs) (laughs) That's very specific. Yes, this is the Victory Couch. And we want to say welcome. Welcome, everyone. Squish on in. It's going to be a great episode today. I got a feeling, Juliana, this one's going to be good. I have some really... Really good questions. Okay, you always have the feeling of a good episode, so yeah. I'd say most of the time you're right, because I don't have one that I would say is a bad one. So I think every episode has some it value. It has its own something. It really does. I mean, we're a little biased, but yeah, we know which ones you guys like. We can tell out there. Yeah, so. we can tell. And we picked up a new country. We did. Singapore? Singapore. 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 Welcome, Singapore. Welcome, Singapore. We're so just blown away. You know, it really, it true. Let's stop for a second. We are not quite yet to a full year as podcasters. We're not too far from it, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's really something. Anytime we see new information like that or different age brackets that are starting to spike. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. A lot of young people are yes, listening to that's us. That's what I meant by that. But Excellent. Yeah. Yes. yes. It must have been our spring break question a couple Perhaps. episodes ago. Woohoo. Hopefully yeah. we've made a difference. Yeah. Be smart out there, people. Be smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) So if you're new, the Victory Couch is set up where Julie brings two questions to me. I bring two questions to her. We banter. We have intricate um, conversions. (laughs) And we solve life's problems right here on the couch. So Julie, you get to go first this week. I know that you've got good questions because you're smiling already. So let's do it. Okay. What do you got? This one goes to decision-making and being a parent, okay? (laughs) So I'm going a totally different place than you probably think I'm going. So here's what I know. We have two children. Yes, we do. They both go to public school. Mm -hmm. They have been in public school for a while. And my question to you is, as two parents who live in the U.S. and send our kid to public school, why do you think we chose public school? Why did you say, hey, our kids are going to go to public school? And why do you think that was a choice that was right for our kids? Hmm. Good question. Well, um, I would say that I am very lucky because I was in the school system and have been in the school system. Mm -hmm doing presentations for the last 20 plus years. I think my very first school presentation was in 1990, I want to say 93 or 94. Hmm. I went to my mom's elementary school where she was a teacher and I did a unit on Japan. 
because of the martial art background that I have. Now, interesting enough, the martial art that I do is Taekwondo, which is actually from Korea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> that's the best my mom could find. Okay, so <laughs> Japan, Korea. Like, they're little. It's close enough. Yeah. It's so horrible. They're definitely different. I knew different. where you were going They're with definitely it. different. Way different. Okay. Yes. But I think she wanted a unit on the martial arts uh, specific it. to um, the Asian culture. Okay. And I think it was a close cousin, even though it's not even remotely the same thing. Anyway, yeah. so I've been in the school system for a long time, and I know the school that we send our children to is a fantastic school. I've known it for a very long time, and um, we've, I think, chosen to do that based on the personalities of the teacher, the, the teachers, the culture of the school. Um, the leadership of mm -hmm. the administration and the care that we have found from just about everyone at our kids' elementary school. And we've known that going in, but also we've seen it firsthand. We've experienced it. We know the love. We know um, the values that a lot of our teachers have, and they're not afraid to, to sort of show it. Um, and I think that's, at least for elementary school, that's what we've chosen to do. Now, middle school is a different animal because, you know, as we've mentioned before, you go in the spring where you're doing field day and everybody's holding hands and getting pencils and erasers and medals and everybody's just happy. And then you go into middle school where there's bigger issues like vaping and drugs and sexting and some other things that, you know, uh, were really thrust upon, you know, our kids and really on us as parents. And those issues, I firmly believe, are at a private school just as much as they are a public school. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not so much in the forefront or maybe not as talked about. But uh, I think, um, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, our, our kids have a lot of friends there. And they're going to experience people of different backgrounds and different ethnicities, different um, values. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sort of good to expose them at a young age to people that think differently, mm -hmm. uh, act differently, and really culture them. And I say that in air quotes as much as you can in, in a, a rural, rural area. area. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, being around people that are different than you. Yeah. And it either will solidify who you are and what you believe, or it will, you know, challenge it. And mm -hmm. I think both things are, are positive in a lot of cases. So Julie, what did I miss? Oh, that's so good. Okay. I I'm over here like championing that last um, comment because I remember first let's share that both of our kids have been in private school before mm -hmm. they both yeah. actually started their education. Um, both of them had two years at a private school um, our daughter was at two different private schools for preschool three and pre-K four. And when it came time to go to kindergarten, we knew our local elementary school. We knew it really, really well. As Rick said, you know, it was one of those things. We also could have chosen to go out of district and be in a different area. And for us, going to our local community school was just the right choice for our kids. And the fact that you know, it's a public school. It's a public school that we are super proud of. Um, I mean, I, I think I said something personal on my Facebook page recently that says the day our kids leave 
blank school, blank elementary school, and we don't have anyone there, I know I will cry my eyes out. Um, it's been phenomenal. And, you know, like, like Rick said, we do live in a rural area and there are pockets of diversity and some communities are more sparse than others. But we knew that at least in our area, it's a little bit more vibrant slightly (laughs) in our area. So I agree living in, um, community with people who think differently than you or, you know, are from different countries. I remember Lawson being in first grade and he shared about, a student who um, was from a Middle Eastern country, I'm not going to be too specific because that'll nail it down in our small area, Um, but shared that their family had known about war and he talked about fleeing the country and he was six and it brought up such rich conversation that we could have at an age appropriate level to just expose and share and talk about our freedoms and talk about all kinds of things, you know? So I think every family's different. We remind that to our kids all the time. You know, every family has different rules that work for them and each kid's different. We also know that for one of our kids, maybe they should go to a different school than the other. We, we know that that could always be an option. You don't have to follow in footsteps, so to say, you know, if it's high school time and we realize you know, for example, maybe Dylan might be best suited in a different school than we know we'd cross that bridge when we get there. But we are both products of public school. And I think we, you know, we come from different school systems. But I've been asked that before. I've been asked, hey, why do you send you why do you send your kids to local public schools? And, you know, at the top of my list is we believe in it. We're products of it. The diversity, great teachers And a conversation I had recently with um, another parent, specifically a Christian parent, who had toyed with the idea of going to like our local Christian school. And we both said kind of the same thing. We were like, the more positivity and lights, you know, not to say that you can't be a light and not be, you know, I'm not saying you have to be a Christian to be a positive person or to be a light, but just saying the more lights that you pluck out, the darker it's going to be, right? Yeah. And I don't want, it to be where the public school is only made up of, you know, maybe students who come from struggles or come from whatever the challenge is. I want my kid to be right there, shoulder to shoulder, friend to friend, and learn from each other and not judge each other and lift each other up because that's what a community is and that's what a community does. And it teaches kids that, hey, we're not better than so and so because they wake up differently than you do and they go to a house or, Maybe not even a house. Maybe they, you know, go to, um, who knows? I don't know where where some of their peers might end up, but just teaching them like, hey, you're an equal to this human. You treat them with dignity and respect and you learn from each other and you befriend each other. And I think the public school does do that. Yeah, um, I've been to bat. I've been to bat many times for our public school. In fact, I've been to the Board of Education three times Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic there was an option on the table to actually close our elementary school and, you know, to consolidate and that kind of thing. And I went to the board three times, spoke three different times um, to the board members and said, listen, this is an amazing school with amazing, caring humans. And we have to find another way because as long as I'm around, (laughs) We're not closing this school. You know, if we have to fundraise, if we have to replace the windows, whatever we have to do. Uh, and then, ironically enough, during the pandemic, because mm-hmm. of 
the way the school was set up, they actually came to the school and modeled a lot of the, um, I guess, the protocol mm-hmm. of how to do all the schools based on our elementary school right. that mm-hmm. our kids went to. And it's like, wait a minute, a year ago you wanted to close mm-hmm. it. Now they're the model of what everybody should be doing. Yeah. It's like, wait a, wait a second here. So, I mean, that was a really good sort of a good moment to know that, yeah, we are surrounded by great teachers and humans that really care, that really pour in. And you know what? Listen, there's no school that has better teachers. And I say that again in air quotes than others. Um, So we're not knocking any other school. It's just we know that this school Mm -hmm. is best for our kids and what we're looking for to get out of an education, at least at the elementary school level. And we have had good experiences at middle school with mm-hmm. Lawson's Middle School, mm-hmm. like the administration, like the teachers, like the principal. Um, you know, so again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Whether you're private, whether you're public, you got to go where you feel that your kids can benefit most. Right, Julie? Right. And, you know, same for our friends at charter schools and homeschools. We have a fair amount of friends. Yeah, who are we have a lot homeschool- of homeschool yeah, friends. Yeah, we do have a lot of homeschool friends. And, you know, I've been asked that before, too. And the, the quick answer is Julie is not made to do that. I don't think the homeschool uh, folks get paid enough. I would just say that. I agree. I think I think their boss needs to give them a raise and, you know, all of that. So, yeah. And homeschool parents, I know you had such a kick out of watching all of us struggle during the pandemic. You had to <laughs> they have, were, like, they like were come laughing. on, guys, get it together. You only have a couple months, been doing this for decades. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, absolutely. But, there yeah, was... for, for us, public school has been what we've chosen, and it's something we believe in, and that does not mean we don't value those who make different decisions but if you are uh you know in between and and trying to decide schools we just want to encourage you just do what's best for you and your family and yeah, for your do kids. your homework too yep. yep do your homework yep okay ready i'm going to give you my first fun question of the day you're going to love it okay so recently i was flipping through the channels uh in the middle of the night when i couldn't sleep and I came upon Back to the Future Part 2, which arguably is one of the greatest sequels, other than maybe a Star Wars or two, of all time, okay? And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about futuristic portrayals of, you know, life and and things like that. And, And I went to two places. I went to Back to the Future and, of course, I went to the Jetsons. Do you remember that cartoon? I do. The Jetsons? Yes. Okay. Judy Jetson. Yeah. Yeah. Meet George Jetson. His their, boy Elroy. Their boy Elroy. Yes. Jane, his wife. Yes. Yeah. Got and it. And Rosie, the, yeah, uh, the, the maid. The maid okay. who's a robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did some research, and apparently that cartoon, the original, came out in 1962. It only lasted one year. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah. One year. I had no idea. Now, they did actually make newer cartoons, and it is, I think it's voiced by somebody different, uh, 85 to 87. Okay. So there's not a lot of Jetsons, but I feel like there was a lot of episodes. I just kind of remember there. that way. I know. Yeah. So my question is simple. If the world was like the Jetsons or Back to the Future, what would you like to see? I mean, what elements look the coolest in Back to the Future Part 2 or the Jetsons that you would like to see like now? Okay. I hope I don't lose wife points for this. 
I don't remember much about Back to the Future 2, so I'm going straight to the Jetsons on this one. Okay, yes. First off, may I say that a lot of what happened in the Jetsons has come true. Yeah, it has, right? We voice conference people over the TV, Mm -hmm. like Mr... Oh, what was his boss's name? Uh, Spacely Sprocket. The, see, you, How about that? You got it. I pulled that it. one out of thin air. Um, So I would say like, I remember the food being kind of cool. Like it was like little, it was like small. I think I remember that. Correctly. Yeah. It was like little small bits. Mm-hmm. I remember that being kind of cool. I mean, I love food. So anything interesting and fun. I also remember um, the son, Elroy. Mm-hmm. Elroy. What was the dog's name? Astro. Astro. Yeah. Astro. Um, I remember Elroy would, wouldn't he like, wouldn't they go around on little like boomerang shaped discs? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mostly remember. And that's exactly what I would want to do. Yeah. I also remember um, the daughter. Mm -hmm. Help me out here. Jane, maybe? No, No, Jane's Jane's the the wife. wife. You guys are all shouting it at us. Um, shoot, I oh, can't I remember know. off the top of my head. I can link it in the show notes. I don't I guess. remember it, but she but was she into had, like a rock band. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I totally love that she was all about the rock band and she was a little boy crazy. I remember that. She was. That has not changed over time for some people, but no. um, I mostly remember. Oh, and like, oh, I think I remember the door would, wouldn't it be like the door came up and the food came out like a glass, kind of like a bread box kind of thing. I'm, I'll I'll look it up and research later, but I remember something like a clear thing came up and the food came out. I don't know, but I would love a maid who's a robot. <laughs> I know they make those little vacuum cleaners that mm-hmm. are robots. Yeah. We, we've never purchased one of those, but some people I hear like them. I don't know. I've never looked into it. Roomba? I think they're called Roombas. Um, so I would love a cleaner who's a maid that isn't human because you always feel like, I don't want to have to hire someone. I can do it on my own, you know, but a robot, there's no guilt. You're like, yep, robot did it. We're good. So I'd probably say that. (laughs) And then I just want to fly around on a little boomerang and not let gravity have me fall to like the center of the earth. I just want to like, however I can stay on that perfectly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to second the motion, um, on the pods that take you places. Like, so you, you, yeah, you sucked you, it over. You get in yeah. the, you get in this like little flying car thing and then the, like the glass comes over and then it just takes you sure. places. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you want to go somewhere, you just get in there and it just goes. Yeah, lickety split. So, sort of like an Uber, like self-driving, self-driving car, car, Uber kind of thing. Yeah. In so the I, air. I like the flying cars and the pods that take you places. The flying cars is kind of a nod to, you know, back to the future too. Um, the instant meals, they had that in okay. both the Jetsons and they did the pizza in Back to the Future 2, which I think that would be pretty cool. You know, you just put it in and it just bloop, 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 bing, and then all of a sudden you have food. So I think that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, the, the house cleaner, the automated vacuums are really good. And of course, in the Jetsons, they had floating cities, which was pretty cool. So it was up in the, in, you know, in yeah, the air. Yeah, you could see it from a distance, right? And then they also had the jetpacks and the holograms, which the holograms were both in the Jetsons and Back to the Future Part 2. If you remember the, the movie Jaws, um, but it was Jaws 19 and Marty's there and the um, shark comes out and tries to bite him. You know, it was a hologram. It was completely fake. But, uh, but the best thing, Back to the Future Part 2, was the Nike self-tying laces and the self-drying jacket. That would be pretty cool, right? If you have wet clothes, you hit a button, self-dries, and the self-tying laces 
So I think that somebody should invent all of these things. So everything from the 1960 cartoon and the 1985 slash 87 slash 9 Back to the Future Part 2, you know, comes to fruition. I'm just going to put it out there. I think we might need to have some Back to the Future watching in our future you and I, because it's like your favorite movie series. And it is. I only have them. the first one in my head decently strong, so I feel like I couldn't. Yeah. Side couldn't give side much note here. More. I would love yeah. to show that to our son, but there is a lot of content in that first movie that is definitely not appropriate for a twelve-year-old. Yeah, it's like when you watch Home Alone all over again. You're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to edit a lot of this. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of cussing in that, yeah. you know, but. Anyway, anyhow, yeah, we just watched the TV version, right? That's right. That's right. Which isn't always correct, but But it's better. It's better. Yeah, Yeah. it's better. You have to. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you my second question if you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So this one goes to I need you to speaking of like thinking back to old movies. I need you to think back to when you were coming along in karate and you were going to school, like, you know, you finished high school, and then you went to college. Yep. And a lot of people think you went to college for business. Mm-hmm. You did not go to college for business. That no. was not your major. No, it was not. And you got to a point where you turned your passion into a career. Okay. Okay. So my question tonight on the couch is what advice mm-hmm. might you give to someone who wants to turn their passion into a career? like you did with karate, what advice might you give them? Or, um, you know, this could be you speaking to yourself in high school or yourself in college. Just walk us through it. I also think this might be a good time to share a little bit about the journey because my gosh, the amount of people who have it so twisted of how you got started. Um, I think that, yeah, that just crossed my brain. I was like, we've never really talked about that on the couch. So how long is this podcast going to be? Because (laughs) that is a four or five hour question. Well, I guess tonight is just the highlights. And okay. if we ever need to uh, dive deeper, which I'll come to it later, but we might be having a Q&A episode soon so they can maybe ask again if it interests them. But yeah, what advice might you have for someone who wants to turn their passion into a career? And if you could walk us through a little bit mm. of your journey. Yeah, there's a, there's, wow, that's, that's so deep. Um, <laughs> so I've always done martial arts and I started when I was nine uh, the story goes that my sister wanted to get into karate at age six and my mom and dad took her. I sat on the side because I was a basketball player. I wasn't doing karate. And about three weeks in, we were going somewhere and my sister, we were walking to the car and she yells shotgun. And back then shotgun, if you were in sight of the car, you got to ride in the front seat whether it didn't matter how old you were it it didn't matter so you get to ride in the front seat and i was like i don't think so twerp you're in the back and she gets in this fighting stance she was like and i was like holy crap my six-year-old sister's gonna beat me up and i figured i better learn what she's learning or she would be able to kick my butt anytime and so (laughs) i didn't want to you know, get beat up. So I basically learned, you know, karate for self-defense purposes, self-defense against my sister. So I, I enrolled in martial arts and I've always done martial arts. Uh, I, I earned my black belt when, uh, you know, I was 12 
and I just have never looked back. And I've always done it. Um, I think the the Monday after uh, I got my black belt, I was teaching the teen adult class. Like mm-hmm. my instructor's like, "Okay, you're a teacher now." I'm like, oh, well, "Okay," <laughs> you know. And you know, here I am at thirteen, you know, twelve, thirteen years old, and I'm teaching the adult class, which doesn't even start until twelve or thirteen. And I have no life perspective. I just know martial arts and don't know how to teach it. I would love to go back and see a video of that first <laughs> class. It was, it was probably wretched, but you know, the intention was good. And, uh, of course, you know, I get to college and I still was doing martial arts, but I, I decided I was going to major in criminal justice, political science. Uh, I wanted to be the president of the United States. Um, so you fast forward I graduate in four years and it's time to go on. And I didn't want to necessarily work at a prison because that wasn't quite me. And I wanted to basically go to law school. So I applied to West Virginia University. I got accepted. Um, it's, this is a long story. But okay. anyway, it didn't work out. Um, and I just got a bad vibe while I was up there. I, I came back and it's like, okay, now what do I do? Because... I was going to be a lawyer, and now I'm not. Uh, so what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, and I just sort of took stock, literally, I said mm-hmm. it in air quotes, of what my passions were and what I was good at and what I wanted to do. And I completely went in a different direction. Um, I worked as uh, a stock analyst um, for almost two years. And the whole time I was there, I, it, was, it was great, and I was learning but it just didn't make me happy. Um, I just couldn't wait to leave so I could go and teach karate on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursday nights because that's what made me happy. Mm. Um, so I built up enough courage to say, listen, I want to make this leap from what I have to do to what I get to do. Um, and with encouragement of my, of my wife, which at that time was just my girlfriend, um, I, I took that leap and... For the first, I think, three years, um, I didn't hardly make any money at all. <laughs> uh, two years, first two years, I didn't take a paycheck. I remember that, um, of being in business. And then I started to, to slowly do special events, extra events, where I could get paid for those birthday parties or stranger safety or something like that because we didn't necessarily need that money because I had a partner at that time um, to pay all the bills. Mm-hmm. The extra events were where I could go sort of make that, that money, uh, the extra income. Um, and then I uh, decided to, you know, just, just jump in and, you know, I worked seven days a week. I was doing private lessons on the weekends and I think it was hard, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like work. And I think that's the key you have to be able to do what you love for free. And if you're willing and able to do that, then you know it's the right step for you in doing, like fulfilling your purpose or using your your giftings. The problem with that is, is if you have other people depending on you and you have a mortgage and you have bills and you have things, that's not very easy to do. Yeah. And that's easy for me to sit here and tell you, hey, just, you know, hey, you want to be a painter? Just do painting for free for three years. You know, that's not feasible for some people. So I think if you're young, 
time is definitely on your side. Mm. Uh, if you live at home, <laughs> you're definitely, you definitely can make a lot of those mistakes and sort of follow your passion. Um, but I think one of the very first steps is, you know, what's, what makes you happy? Because sometimes money isn't necessarily the answer. Uh, I think prayer would be a second thing, you know, where are you in the right spot? Does God have you doing what you're supposed to do? And are you doing what God wants you to do? I think the other thing too is practicality definitely has to come into play. I mean, you can't tour the country as a musician if you're not very good or if you haven't learned to play guitar yet, but you're going to. Uh, or if you're in a van with a bunch of guys that constantly do drugs. Like, like, let's be practical here. Yes, you love this thing, but have you aligned yourself with the people that are going to pour into you? Mm -hmm. And I think that would be sort of my last tip is surround yourself with people that get excited about your goals, that get excited when you talk about your dreams, because they're going to be the ones that either help you pour in or are going to be honest with you and say, listen, I know you want to play in the NBA. You are four foot nine, Okay. Your last name is not Bogues. Okay, that's a reference to Muggsy Bogues, who was one of the, the shortest NBA players. I don't think that's in the cards for you. So let's find maybe something else that you're gifted at, and let's try that. Without getting into too many more details, because I could continue to talk about this for the entire hour, um, that's kind of what I would sort of suggest. And the other thing is, write it down. Mm. Write it down. If you think it, ink it, right? Write it down. Write down what you're good at because sometimes people don't know. Yeah, sometimes it's important just to ask yeah. like your closest circle. Like, what am I good at? Yeah. Are, do, you, do you make a killer you know, steak sub sandwich? Write it down. Are you excellent at folding laundry? Write it down. If you can make it from here to you know Leesburg, Virginia in less than X amount of hours, or minutes, and it takes everybody else twice as long, write it down, okay? Maybe Uber's in your, your, you know, wheelhouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, write down what you're good at. Don't write down what you're bad at, okay? Because that list will be far longer. <laughs> Believe me, at least my list would be. You know, write down what you're good at, and then kind of go from there. Like, don't shortchange yourself either, you know? Don't shortchange yourself. If you're good at giving advice, write it down. If you're good at picking the perfect songs at weddings, write it down, you know, because that can lend itself to, oh, maybe I want to be a DJ. Oh, maybe I have a good voice. Maybe I could do voiceover work. Maybe I'm really good at giving advice. Maybe I, I never thought about maybe being a counselor at a school. Like, write it down. And I think that that can maybe give you some perspective and maybe give you some hints of where you need to go and, uh, that's my short answer to that very lengthy <laughs> involved question. Yeah, so. I, I figured that that would peel back some layers, but it's all good. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there that benefited from hearing, okay, passion and a couple speed bump, not really speed bumps, but, you know, let, how life happens and how you ended up in a very short story, you know, how you did. So, yeah, there's lots of folks out there who might be dreaming of opening up a bakery or, yeah. you know, like they enjoy taking recreational dance and they want to be a dance instructor and open up their own studio or, you know, someone who's into collecting trains and they want to open up a train shop and educate the next generation on history behind it or who knows. But like, how do you turn what you're really excited about into a career? I think it's it sounds daunting and it 
is daunting at times, but yeah, I think you gave some really good advice. But here's the other thing too. We have the most powerful tool on the planet and that is the internet. So you can connect with people that are already doing what you want to do and reach out and say, Hey, what are the pitfalls? What do I need to be aware of? How did you get started? I mean, look, podcasting is great. You want to be a podcaster? You know, there's, there's podcasts about how to create a podcast. <laughs> you know, there's YouTube clips on how to do that and how to edit and what you should say and how long they should be and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, I'll be honest with you. We haven't we don't really follow, really follow any of that. Thing. We just do our <laughs> own thing because, you know, if you don't like it, you're not listening. So, you know, it's a free podcast, people. It's a free <laughs> podcast. You know, um, and then also just make sure that you're, you're, if you're really serious about doing something, you should be doing something towards making that happen daily, you know? Yeah. And I just want to share as someone who was super passionate about photography most of my life and then jumping in publicly to be a photographer, I just have to say, sometimes you just have to do whatever's in your brain. If you're like, I really think that I could give back to people and help them create memories that, you know, are tangible and they're authentic and it's not forced and it's not this and it's not that. Sometimes you just have to go out there and try. Yeah. You have to just start. So just just start, start, just start. Yeah. I would like to say too, when you surround yourself with people that pour in, you know, I wouldn't do what I'm doing right now without my wife, without that little nudge and that positivity and that encouragement and that support. So really the key is when you come up with an idea of somebody that you want to be and who you want to become in, in a different avenue, you're going to get constantly people that try to put you down, mm-hmm. that says you can't do that. Or I mean, look, when I came home and said to my parents, I want to be a professional martial artist, you know, my parents were not for that. They're like, do you know anybody that does that? Is there somebody you can call? No, no, that's not really a good idea. Like, is that even a job? Is that like a thing? You know, so you're going to get pushback from people that even love you the most. You just have to be convicted and you have to be courageous and having people that see you for you and, and kind of know you and what you can do, I think is super important. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. My second question, my dear is I like this one because it allows us to create, and you were talking about schools earlier, okay? So I want to take it back to, to, to maybe elementary, middle, high school, wherever you want to go. But my question is simple. If you were in charge of the school, okay, what subjects would you require all of the students to take that are not currently being taught? Or what things would you teach the students Mm -hmm. that you think they should know in 2023 that would help them survive as an adult? How to properly clean things. How to show kindness. How to voice their feelings. I don't think students are taught at a young age how to use their words often. Mm -hmm. I'm going with elementary if you hadn't figured it out. Um, you know, basic life skills. Here's how we tie our shoes. Here's how you make your own lunch. You know, 
here here's let's start with the peanut butter and jelly here's how you do it guys i like that um foreign language my young school would definitely have a foreign language maybe a couple different foreign languages um obviously there's such parallels between teaching young and our brains absorbing information and the earlier you can get in a second language the better so my school would also teach multiple languages Music and art would be a definite. Um, I'm not trying to discount core subjects like math and English. Well, they're already being taught. Okay. Right. These are, these are subjects that aren't being taught or things that aren't being taught. Yeah. I mean, I just hit like some things that are basic life skills and personal development. Also, I think how to handle discontentment. Meaning like if you are in school and you're young and someone told you they don't like your shoes and your friend circle who you thought were your friends don't want you playing with them at recess anymore. I think, and that all goes back to like processing your words appropriately. And it's also teaching, if you teach enough kindness, then your whole school would understand a little more. So I think focusing on processing emotion, using words, Um, I definitely believe in celebrating different cultures and backgrounds. So we'd have a whole unit, lots of time learning about other countries and other ways of life. And, you know, if we're in a rural environment, as we are learning what's life like in the city and what, so it's just like kind of broadening horizons would be the name of that class. But um, yeah, I think that that would be a good start. That's what I have. I like oh, that. oh, and um, for lunch, I think it'd be really cool if if also there were like a school garden or something like that, you know. So you will learn about where does food come from and learn about harvesting and food conditions, and that would also help with learning and teaching nutrition. I think these are all things our kids, even our children, who are taught from home, they don't always realize. Where I'm like, hey, no more sugar today have, you know, you want some, have God sugar, have a piece, have an apple, you know, that's enough sugar in your body or so. Yeah. I don't know. I, was, I like nutrition. I like that. Yeah. At a young age. So. See, so you went to elementary school. I did. I went to like middle school, high school. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so ironically enough during COVID, we opened the studio up to have a little mini school, mm-hmm. uh, school. and, yep. uh, and, and we did, um, life skills Friday. So I'll give you a couple things. So um, tire changing was one. Tire changing 101. How to change a tire, right? They don't necessarily teach that in school. Uh, I know that my dad tried to teach me, and and, and it didn't end well, if you've seen the Christmas story. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't end well. Uh, I think personal finance and budgeting. Um, you know, where does your money go? What do you do with money? How does money work? Sometimes money is looked at as a bad thing. And it can do a lot of good as long as we don't, you know, uh, mishandle it or worship it, that kind of thing. Basic carpentry, how to hammer a nail. Oh, I remember when you did that at day yeah. school. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, other things, basic, basic carpentry, basic, uh, how to run a little business, you know, profit and loss statements, I think, or at least how to serve people or how to do, um, use social media for good, not necessarily for as a time suck, I guess. Um, I think how to be a waiter or waitress is a good one. You know, how to, how to serve other humans 
and know how difficult that particular job is. In my opinion, I think it's one of the hardest jobs because um, you are just a messenger in most cases. Um, you know, so so I think I think also it gives you some perspective there. I think a self defense class should be in almost every high school in the world, how to protect yourself. I think sign language should be another mm-hmm. thing that all of us should know how to, how to use. Um, I wish I kind of knew that. And also manners. I think manners should be in every single middle school, elementary school, maybe even high school, you know, just a quick two month little refresher on table manners, driving manners, when to let someone in, you know, what finger is the appropriate finger to use when somebody cuts you off and, uh, you know, I said a couple episodes ago, I have stopped really getting mad at people who try to cut me off. I use it as a way, like an empowerment thing. Like when they cut me off, I just, I take my hand up, I put my palm up and I wave them in like I'm the king of the road and I have just let you in. Even though you cut in front of me, I say, yes, good day, sir. You may enter in front. And I think it, it gives me my power back. So anyway, so what like do you think that. of my list? What do you think? That was good. That was, that was definitely. I did have time to think about the answer. You, you did. did not. So, no. so my yeah. processing was much slower. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that you went to elementary and I went a little bit older. Although some of those skills you could use in elementary. Oh, so. absolutely. You know how many students need to know how to pack their lunch that are in ninth grade? Uh, I would love for two students, one in elementary <laughs> and middle school, uh, to do that daily. Daily. They do yeah. know how to pack their lunches. And a cool thing, a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. Julie actually say. had them pack each other's lunch. That and was, that was cool. That was a winning moment. If you have more than one child, guys, yes. try it out because our kids thought it was hilarious. And of course, it had to get the final parental check at the end. You know, do you have a sandwich? Do you have crunchy stuff? Do you have in our house? You have to have a fruit or a veggie. Um, if you have a dessert, can't be massive. You know, we have all these little rules. And they did really good staying in the parameters yeah. of what we, uh, you know, kind of abide and by. you had to trust but verify. That's right. You know, uh, which is something I actually talk about in my book. Um, but you didn't necessarily have to do it. They thought it was fun. Yeah. They got to serve each other in that way. And, and they, the lunches got done at night. It was awesome. Bing, bam, boom. It's, it was good stuff. And they both left each other a note. I don't know if you knew that or oh, not. Oh, that's sweet. Really we leave our, our kids notes yeah. every day. Yeah, we do. All right. We are to that point of the evening, Richard. Do you want to go first for Couch Crumbs or shall I? Mine's simple. Mine's simple. Uh, Soccer tournament over the weekend in Virginia. I got sunburnt. Even though... It was like 20 degrees. Well, it might have been windburn then. Oh, okay. Sunburn slash windburn. It was freezing cold. Freeze. When I mean freezing, I mean freezing. The wind at 28 on Sunday morning was gnarly. So I don't know... You know how it's like, okay, it's 28, but it feels like negative 15. I felt like it was in the low teens that wind was gushing. And I felt bad for the kids. I mean, the kids, you know, in the championship game, they wouldn't let the kids have any toboggans on. No toboggans, no gloves, you know, just you in a soccer uniform. And I thought, man, this is, this is hardcore, man. They're, (laughs) but the referees were dressed appropriately, but they're like, ah, kids, you can't have a hat on. I'm like. I, I guess it would be maybe because they want to see their ears. The, a kid could have an earpiece or, like or something. Or like when you do a header, maybe. Like yeah, if you're maybe. The ball, maybe it's. Yeah, I maybe. Don't know. I don't know. Safety issue. I don't know. Yeah, but don't. it was the rule. So, yeah, that's my couch crumb. What about you? Mine mirrors that. I literally just rode. It was 25 degrees on the first day of spring. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, in I like a, in like a lion out like a lamb. 
Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. Maybe I know that's a March, March thing, but well, we're about to go out like a lamb. I hope here pretty soon, a couple days. So okay. we'll so see. Here's to hoping April is an actual spring. And those of you who are fellow Marylanders, you know this is the same stuff every year. We get that what they call the faux spring, and then you get slapped in the face with, "Oh no, not yet," because it feels like January. Happens yeah. to us every year. Every we keep, year, we keep falling for it. Well, here's the thing. We got to flip it. What's your prop your feet up moment? My prop your feet up is I collectively have made time for some friends lately. Um, Just tonight, I went to dinner with one of my favorite local friends, um, which was really, really nice. She sat down and we were chatting and we literally went nonstop for quite, you know, as long as we had time for. And uh, it was delightful. I really, I really adore her. She's one of my favorite this side of the state friends. So that was good. Nice. Um, I met up with my best friend halfway across the state for just a quick day trip and had our girls hang out together. So that was fun. And I started something with one of my friends who also, you know, works full time and raising her little boy and she and her husband. And um, we started something where we schedule phone calls and we do it kind of like, Hey, I'm going to talk to you like she'll call me where it's her commute into work at like eight in the morning and I am just starting my day. So I have a few minutes that I can chat, you know, I'm not too overwhelmed and uh, we have one scheduled to hear this week too. That's just like a lunchtime chat where it's like, Hey, I have 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes. And I know that sounds really weird, but when your lives are really, really fast, if you don't make time for your friends it just kind of evaporates into thin air. So we started scheduling our phone calls. And it gives you a carrot throwback to season one. <laughs> yeah, it totally which does. Which Julie really, really likes. I do. So it is written on my calendar. It literally says like, you know, phone time with Kim. Like I just know it's coming up. So Nice. Yeah. So what was your prop your feet up moment? You know, week? I had a huge Disney fan friend of mine. Uh-huh. He's a huge Disney World fan. Okay. He reached out to me and says, hey, have you ever been to Disneyland? This is in California. Yes, we have. And I have. And I've been there a handful of times. Um, sometimes I'm out speaking. Sometimes I'm in Las Vegas and I make a little, you make little, a quick day little detour, detour mm-hmm. over there. And uh, yeah, he goes, give me your, your tips, your five tips. Um, and I was able to do that. And I thought, how cool was that? Because I'm a big Disney world fan Mm -hmm. can give you a million tips as much as you can handle on every park almost every restaurant every snack every nook and cranny of that place i know in and out but disneyland i'm still a novice however i was able to give him some give him five tips do you want to hear what i what i gave him oh sure and that will help me lead into something i wanted to get in before the episode ends okay all right so number one utilize the hopper because the uh, California Adventure and Disneyland are literally within walking distance. Mm-hmm. Hopper is a necessity, especially if you get bored and you have older kids. Two, eat at the Blue Bayou. That is the restaurant outside or technically inside the same building as Pirates of the Caribbean, which their Pirates is better than our Pirates, I just want to say. Also, definitely get a churro. I don't know why, but the churros in Disneyland are better than the ones in Disney World. They are, they do taste stale. Yep. Yeah. Disneyland's and tastes fresher. Now we we have um, the better Dole whips, 
but their churros are better. I'm just saying. Also, do not miss Cars Racers and the Indiana Jones um, ride out there. Their Indiana Jones ride is similar to our dinosaur in um, in uh, Animal Kingdom. So yeah. don't miss it. It is definitely, definitely worth riding. And also, World of Color, bring tissues. That's so those are really my five. Good. Those are my five tips. Juliana. I love how you little Disney addict had to weave in a little bit of Disney fun at the end. And yeah. that reminds me. Yes. Guys, we've been teasing for a while. We did talk a little Disney earlier this season. We are going to be later this season. We will let you know when. <laughs> we will be doing the all Disney episode. But if you want to have your questions, your input, your anything regarding Disney, if you want to have a way to shape the show, we need you to start reaching out. So here's how you do that. Just go to the victorycouch.com. At the very top of your screen, you're going to see the subscribe button. Click that. Here's what we're going to do. Any person who types in their email and clicks that little button, if you are on our mailing list, we will be sending out some information about that, asking for your input. So if you are a Disneyaholic like my lovely husband on the left side of the couch and you know, or maybe not. Maybe you're going, Julie, how, you know, I'm married to a Disney addict. How do you do it? You know, we're going to be talking about that too. So for the Disney episode, and generally at some point, we're going to be doing a Q&A show as well. Not sure if that's the season or next or a bonus, but just know that both the Q&A show, question and answer show, and the all things Disney show are in your future Victory Couch Potatoes, if you would like to have a say or shape the content, we want you to take some control because this is your show as much as it is ours. So take a second, just go to thevictorycouch.com, click subscribe at the very top, pop in your little email, and you're good to go. If you're already subscribed and you do get our periodic updates through email, then you are good to go. You're on the list. So that's about it for yeah, tonight, Yeah, so we Richard. want questions. We want questions like fire away because the questions that I asked Julie, you know, um, and the questions that she asks me are all um, homegrown. You know, we come up with them and, and um, we're interested on what the other people, what the other person has to say. But also we hope the answers um, add some value to your day. And the Disney one, if you have, you know, questions or <laughs> if you want to know something specific other than why I'm addicted to Disney, which I will probably we'll get address that. We'll get there. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we'll, I'll answer them. I'll do it. Yeah. So guys, it's coming up. Some of you are like, yes, this is going to be so fun. Go ahead, subscribe. We'll get you on the list. And within the next couple of weeks, we'll be in touch with uh, some Disney fun and some uh, interaction with you trying to find out what questions you might have so we can do an exclusive question from the audience and answer poll just from us so your friends here at the victory couch ready to incorporate all of you into some future episodes so we're really excited about that we are well guys until next time like we said stay in touch obviously you can subscribe to the victorycouch.com you can connect with us on our socials check the show notes for everything victory couch related also, if you are looking for the perfect upcoming Mother's Day gift for your mother who listens to the Victory Couch like crazy, we do still have a couple mugs left in quantity. Um, so, yeah, just putting that out there, too, guys. But, yeah, stay in touch. Let us know if anything we said today definitely shaped your 
week and maybe made you think a little bit, made you laugh a little bit. But guys, we just want to say thank you. Thank you again. Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, you guys be the light, have some fun and celebrate those victories. See you guys. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.